Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. I want to share just a little response, a um, few words that God's put on my mind. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we introduced a little series called It's a New Day, and the first week I talked about being lavished in love and how as a church we long to see the love of God just lavished on us. We thought that word lavish. Anyone heard that word before? It's, it's a scriptural word, but it's one of those words that just makes you go, ah, being lavished in love. It's just a really beautiful thought, isn't it? The love of God. And then last week we talked about being centered in Christ. And the idea that our lives could be centered in Christ and as we individually center our lives on Christ, that church corporately will find we become a Christ-centered church. So it really challenged us to make sure that we're living Christ-centered lives. And we looked at Galatians 2.20, which says that it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And if Christ is at the center of my life, then everything should revolve around him in a sense. And so I live a Christ-led life, a spirit-led life. The life I now live in the body, I live by power in in the spirit of God, the son of God who set me free. And so we're living Christ-centered lives. And I want to just move into another kind of core value for a few minutes. We might spend some more time and cut this short and I'll maybe continue on next week. That gives you all a good reason to come back next week. Is that okay? And... uh, The third kind of core value I really want us to focus on is that we would be empowered in prayer. Empowered in prayer. So lavished in in love, centered in Christ, and empowered in prayer. I think those things would be a really great starting point as I bring my ministry to our community. And uh, if we could do that together, we're going to start right kind of foundation kind of stuff and just build on this in the weeks and the months and the years ahead. Does that sound good? Great place to start. I want to start by showing you a picture on the screen. Have a quick look up on the screen. Does anybody know what this is called? It's called the Very Large Array, the VLA, the Very Large Array. And this was back, do you remember that movie Contact? It came out way back probably in the 80s or sometime. Um, it was a really great movie and it was all about trying to make contact with outer space and so on. And this was actually featured in that movie. It's the largest radio telescope in the world. It's used by professional radio astronomers. It's huge. It's equipped with giant antennas to study objects from the universe and in radio wave frequencies. And it was built exactly one year before I was born, which that was 49 years ago, okay? It was August 1972, and it took around eight years to build, and it was $78.5 million to build back then. In today's uh, money, that would be around over $500 million to build. It's big. It can be seen from the sky as planes fly over. Pilots call it the mushroom patch. And it's based in, in New Mexico in the USA, It takes up 38 miles of railway tracks and it mimics the size of Washington, D.C. And people come from all over the world to analyse optical images and radio frequencies that this VLA receive from space. It's a series of satellite dishes, as you can see there, and the radio waves come from millions of light years away. Now, we ask, why is it so big? Why is it so big? Because the messages we receive on this 
incredible contraption are so faint. In fact, the total energy of the radio waves ever recorded of any messages ever received on this, all added together, barely equal the force of a single snowflake hitting the ground. That's why it's such a giant. What great lengths of technology, what great lengths humans have gone to to search for a faint message from outer space. Hey, the VLA is like a monster hearing aid to help us strain to hear the faintest little message we could possibly hear from infinite darkness of the universe. It's an amazing thing to think what lengths we go to to search to hear a message. And as we focus in today on being empowered in prayer, I want to ask us what kind of lengths do we go to as Christians? I want to ask us what lengths we go to hear a message from God from heaven. How activated are we in our spiritual antennas to listen and receive messages that God has clearly and powerfully spoken to us through the life of Jesus Christ and through the scriptures and, to, and whispered to us through the, through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives? What lengths do we go to to communicate to God who has a very big ear to listen to us as we pray? So here's some things I want us, not today, but I want us as a church and moving forward to really think about and some things I want to know more about and I'm sure we'd all like to know more about is how, how could we be empowered in prayer? Does anyone want to be empowered in prayer to actually pray and actually see God work, to see God move in a powerful way in our lives? I want to release the power of God through praying effectively. I want to learn how to do that. I want to understand what blocks my prayers from the ears of God. What is blocking my prayers from the ears of God? I want to know what stops my prayers from being answered. I want to activate my spiritual VLA antenna a very powerful communication system that could get stronger and stronger and more and more effective, that it wouldn't just be a snowflake hitting the ground kind of prayer, but I could have faith and pray with faith and with strength and see God move in that. Does anybody else want this or is it just me here? Yeah, wouldn't that be great? You know, sometimes our prayers, they feel weaker than a snowflake hitting the ground, don't they? Sometimes our prayers, they just feel like there's a little bit not strong. And, and but Jesus even said, you know, you can only need the faith of a must, like the size of a mustard seed to move mountains, to move mountains. And I think that we know even with a small prayer like a snowflake hitting the ground, it would be enough that we could move God's hand in our hearts, move God's hand in our lives, move God's hand in our world I'm excited about this topic because this is going to be a core value of our church. It already is a value, obviously, but it's going to become really important for us to be centered in, not only centered in Christ, but empowered in prayer. Jesus even said it, my house should be called a house of what? Prayer. He didn't call it a house of worship. He didn't call it a house of fellowship. He didn't call it a house of Bible reading or a house of, he didn't call it a house of discipleship. He, he called it a house of, of what? prayer. I want us to learn how prayer can change our lives. I want us to be empowered in prayer. I've learned that there's some really important things in my life that when I'm disciplined in those things, the power of God could be activated in my life. 
And being empowered in prayer is at the top of that list. It's at the top of that list. And I want to ask you an honest question right now, church. Does anyone here struggle to have a consistent and an effective and, I guess, powerful prayer life? Does anyone here struggle with that? Because if you do, you're not alone. You're not alone. But we can grow in this together. The fact is that prayer habits of most Christians are not great. I was reading about this and apparently Christians pray less than five minutes a day on average. Well, if that's true, I wonder if the main reason for the lack of godliness in the church or the lack of the presence of God in the church or the lack of the power of God within our lives or the lack of victory over darkness around us or the lack of answered prayers that we walk in, I wonder if the reason is prayerlessness. Prayerlessness. And today is not making us... It's about feeling guilty. It's about saying, we could grow in this. We could get better at this. And God really wants to do something in our life in this area. The Bible has a lot to say about prayer. A lot. In fact, we could have a little sneak peek at it right now, but we could spend a whole year just on this topic, learning how to pray together and being empowered in prayer. So let me just start with a few, few scriptures, and then we'll get into it in the next few weeks. God wants us to pray. This is the first thing I want you to know. God wants us to pray. How do I do this or know this? How do I know that God wants us to pray? Because Jesus said we should pray. That's how I know. I know God wants us to pray because Jesus said we should pray. Jesus expected us to pray. It's God's will for us to pray. He taught his followers about prayer and even taught them how to pray in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, and when you pray, as if it's, this is an expectation, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into the room and close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. In verse 9 it says, this then is how you should pray. And he goes on as we read the Lord's Prayer earlier. And we'll do a lesson on that one day. And he gave them the Lord's Prayer. And he's saying, God wants us to pray. In Luke eleven nine, he said, so I say to you, to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door is opened. In Luke 18, 1, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. Always pray and never give up. Throughout the Bible, there's so many times that we're told to pray to God. Paul says it in Colossians, in Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer. That means God wants prayer to be a priority to us and we'll be devoted to this. We get devoted to all sorts of other things in our lives. How devoted are we to prayer? We devote ourselves to all these big things and little things and other things that are totally unimportant, but are we devoted to what God is saying, be devoted to? Be devoted to prayer. 
Paul says we should. In Thessalonians 5.17, he says, pray continually. God expects every Christian to be devoted to prayer and to pray without ceasing. Prayer is not an activity that we're only devoted to. It's something that actually is we're doing all the time and we're having a constant unbroken relationship with God. God wants us to have that ongoing sense of his presence throughout every moment of the day. And sometimes we get interrupted by other things, but we stay in the presence of God. Anyone want to know how to pray without ceasing? Because that sounds really difficult, doesn't it? How do we pray without ceasing? Anybody who knows me knows that I often, you know, carry around my mobile phone. Thank you. I often carry around my mobile phone, and um, most of us probably do. We carry our mobile phones with us. Imagine just call up God when you get up in the morning, 777. That's his number, right? Call him up and put it on speakerphone and just leave it on speakerphone all day long. And as long as you've got an unlimited plan, you'll be fine. Okay? So, and it's like that. He's with me. He's walking with me. I'm in my conversation. I'm going about my business. I'm doing my my ministry. I'm having conversations with people. It doesn't matter where I am. I've got the presence of God. I'm in a constant connection or conversation with God. This is how we pray without ceasing. We make sure we have that in place. So we do that and we never stop conversing with God. We're always online with him. Okay. And you say, Troy, I'm just too busy for that. You don't know what my day looks like. I've got no energy left. I've got too many kids. The responsibilities are too many. Too much work. I don't know where to start. Some of you say you're just too busy to pray. I know what that can feel like too. But if that's you, I want to teach you, you're not too busy to pray. You're too busy not to pray. You're too busy not to pray. It's the business of Christians to be devoted to prayer. It's the business of Christians to pray continuously. I've just shown you that in the scriptures. God wants us to pray. God wants us to pray. So as we begin this journey together, moving forward as a church, we're going to do that. We're going to be empowered in prayer. And not only does he want us to pray, but it's in our best interest to do so. It says in Hebrews 4.16, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God wants us to have his mercy. He wants us to have his grace on our life. He wants to meet us in our time of need. He wants to bless us. He wants to listen to us. He wants us to be in a deep conversation with us. He wants to help us. He wants to empower us with his grace. We even know Jesus modelled it so beautifully. It says in Luke 5.16, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Even Jesus took this advice. Why did Jesus withdraw and pray? Because he needed to, because he knew how God wanted him to. Did you know the Son of God prayed often? I need to do this more. I don't know about you, but I need to do this more. If I want to be like Jesus, I need to learn to pray often. So what we've learned today, and we'll wrap it up here, is we've learned that God wants us to pray. We've learned that God wants us to be devoted to prayer. We've learned that God wants us to pray without ceasing. 
And we've learned that Jesus even set that example. We've learned that prayer is a discipline that we need to be devoted to. And that other things will try and crowd our lives, but we need to stay online with God. Remember to call him up, 777, and keep online with God all day long. Okay. But we need to learn how to pray. And that's for next week, or that's for another week. So we'll, we'll get more into that next time. One thing I would like to share as we finish up is just some practical things that we can start to do to be empowered in prayer. The first one is this. We're going to facilitate some things as a church to help you. It's the last slide, Dave. It's the hour of power. This Wednesday, we're going to begin the hour of power right here in our church offices. It's on Wednesday at 1 p.m. till 2 p.m. If anyone's free in that hour spot, Russ and Charlotte, Russ and Charlotte, Russell and Charlotte are going to head this up and they'll be in there one till two every Wednesday, the hour of power. Just come and rest in God's presence. Just come and pray, bring your prayer needs. That would be amazing. The second one there is our prayer and pizza night. Next Sunday night, we're going to begin an all-church prayer night. We're going to start at 4.30. We'll have pizzas together. The kids are all welcome. We'll have a kids program going as well. But, of course, the kids can be part of the prayer meeting with us as well, maybe for the first part, and they can run their program, and the rest of us can continue on. But I'll help lead us through a prayer meeting together. It'll be a wonderful night together, just praying corporately as a church. And then what we'll do in the coming months, on the last Sunday of the month after that, we'll have a prayer night together, all church prayer meeting. Does that sound good or does that sound great? Awesome, I heard. That's good. Okay, number three is the Alpha. The Alpha prayer card you would have received. I want you to be maybe write down one, two, or three people on your card that you're just praying for. People you know need to find a relationship with God. People are walking far from Jesus right now, but they need to find him. And Alpha is a brilliant ministry for that. We know that we're starting our next Alpha on August the 17th. But the next few weeks leading up to that, I think, how many weeks is that? Four weeks? Five weeks? four weeks away. Let's be really praying for our next Alpha, okay? Some, some people come to know Christ and we'll see some great answers to prayer in their lives. And then the next one is the Bondage Breaker. This is launching on the 1st of August. This is an amazing prayer-based study, which I'm going to lead that on a Monday night, starting on the 1st of August. Any of you are welcome. I'd love you to come. It's like the next steps in your discipleship. It's the next steps of learning about your identity in Christ, how to overcome darkness in areas of your life, and get, making sure you're walking in with a clean slate. And then it's a very prayer-based ministry. So at the end of that Bondage Breaker course, it goes for about 10 weeks, I think, at the end of that, we'll have a prayer meeting where I'm just going to help you pray through all of those areas of your life. You want to break and have victory in those areas in your life. And then the next one is uh, the prayer card. You've seen that on the, in your bulletin, in your little program today, that little card. Every week, we're going to be giving you one of these prayer cards. And I want you to you know, get a pen, keep it with you at church. We've got pens if you don't have one. Fill out some prayer needs. I've just become become aware that Rach is not here today. Um, Rach often comes with us. Um, that her little boy is five and a half. He's in hospital right now. We should stop and pray in a moment for him. He's uh, just gone in last night with pneumonia. He's not well. He's going downhill quickly. But you know, Rach could fill that out on a prayer card and drop it in the offering bucket or hand it to me or one of the leaders here. And as elders and as our ministry team on a Monday morning, we have a Monday afternoon, we have our meeting. We'll go through the prayer requests and we'll pray over you. We'll pray for the needs going on in your life, okay? That's the idea of the prayer 
card. And so every week, please keep us updated with prayer needs, praise points, stuff that's going on in your life. This is how we can, one of the ways we could start to care for you. If I hear about Rachel's little boy, I'm like, how do we get to, you know, go and visit Rach? How do we get people to support her in this time with the little, the little boy, right, with Jax? Now, that's so important to me as a pastor because God didn't call us to run a program or run a Sunday service. God didn't call us to that. He called us to be the body of Christ, held together with being lavished in love and centered in him. So the prayer card is a really important tool. I don't want you to just think, oh, it's a bit of rubbish. It's, it's a really important tool in how we move forward as a church, okay? Keep us up to date with prayer needs. And then um, the pastoral prayer. I'd love to introduce in our Sunday services, um, using our altar a little bit more. Some of, like if Rachel was here today, you know, I'd say, let's open the altar up in, in the worship time or there. Rachel can come forward and let's, let me pray with her. One of the elders or one of our leaders can come and pray with Rachel for, for the little fellow, for Jax. We all have something in our life, right? We'll have something that we need prayer for, whether it's a personal thing or a friend or a family member, someone we're reaching out to, to, for them to find God or have a victory in their life. We need that help. We need that support from God. And so don't come here just to sing and don't come here just to listen. We come here to connect and to communicate and connect with God. And prayer is the way we do that. So as we open up that altar sometimes, like what we did before, and some of you came forward and prayed over me, that's just going to be a really special moment in our services. When we do that, don't ever be shy to just get out of your seat and come down and, and I'll just love to pray with you, okay? And... Um, and so, yeah, we'll have that each week. If we don't open the altar, we're definitely going to have a pastoral prayer in every service. So if I know about Jax and I know about other people who are sick or people who are just in a needing prayer, tell us. You know, in this service, I'd love to stand here and pray with you together. Let's pray for Jax. Let's believe for a healing in his life. Does that sound okay? All right. Um, Chloe, just come and tinker away on the piano for a bit. Just come and tinker away. We're just going to pray, and then we're going to finish. We're not going to sing. We're just going to pray, okay? Let's spend a couple of minutes and bow our heads nice and quiet. Enjoy God's presence. And we pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your blessing. God, we just lift jacks up to you today. Little, little fella, gone downhill real quick with this pneumonia. We just bring him before the throne of grace where he could receive mercy and he could receive your grace. We lift him to you right now for a healing touch. We pray, Lord, that you will intervene right now in the name of Jesus, we know we can come to you and your word says that, we could, that you could do more than we could even ask or imagine. So we pray with faith right now. We pray for healing. We pray for energy to come and fill his body. That Lord, you refresh him and make him like new again. Lord, for others here today who are sick, maybe they could just, you know, acknowledge, just raise your hand. If there's anyone you know that you want to reach out to, pray for someone who just needs the touch of the Lord right now. We just lift our hand to you, God. Say, Lord, just reach into their life and bless them and help them and touch their hearts. 
In Jesus' name, bring healing. In Jesus' name. Those of us sitting here today who have not really been walking with God, things I've been talking about today may be new, or maybe you've been walking away from God in a sense. You've, you know you need to come back to Him. You need to come back to the good shepherd. It's like a sheep that got lost out there. And you know that you need to come back to Him right now. This is your moment to do that. If you'd like to come back to Jesus right now, I just want to pray for you and help you along your way. If that's you, just lift your hand. No one's looking around. It's just a private moment. But I'd love to pray for you. Is there anyone here? Yeah, thank you. Anyone else over here? Just lift your hand. Beautiful, thank you. I'm just going to pray for you now, okay? And we just join our hearts together as a church because we're believing for you, for life change and a touch, a fresh touch of God right now. A fresh touch of God right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Returning back. Walking back to God. A beginning of a new journey in God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're such a good God and we love you, Lord. Thank you for your anointing on our service today in the name of Jesus. Bless the food as we share this meal together in Jesus' name. Amen.